0: This podcast is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Aspirus.co, A-S-P-I-R-U-S Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. Hi, Arnott. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing?
1: Very good, thank you.
0: We are sitting in a late evening in Inset Business School in Singapore. Guess who I'm talking to? The famous Arnold Bonzoom, Director of Corporate Innovation at 500 Startups. And to be fair, Arnold has been very helpful in helping me to get all the other interviews from his fellow mates in 500 Startups. So I thought it would be fair to get him on the show and instead we're going to do two episodes. So this is the first part of it, but I want to get to know the story of Arnold Bonzo. How do you get started?
1: Well, I arrived in Singapore four and a half years ago, just after my business call in France. My first position in, in South Asia was to work for the French government. So at this time, I was helping the French tech SMEs to do business in Singapore. After that, I was working at in Inside for two years, where I was helping MBA students and MBA alumni to join startup tech company, SMEs, e commerce and few of them VCs in Asia Pacific. And after that, joined five hundred, um, almost one year ago, where I published a report last month with INCAD about all the biggest company in the world are working with startup. And it's what is it keeping me busy now is Working with large corporations
0: So you're the director of corporate innovation at 500 startups So what does the role it covers? So I spend
1: most of my time with large corporation. Just think about the last the biggest 500 company in the world So it's the people with who I'm spending time with now So mostly like corporate innovation officer, CIO sometimes And people sometimes working on the venture arm of those companies Spending time with them to understand better like which challenge they're facing And then also based on that how they can work or engage more with
0: startups And then you use the 500 startups probably there might be potential collect- Collaborations or even opportunities that come together with that. Is that how I understand Yes,
1: it? also we, we already have quite extensive things we're doing with large corporations and it's also a way for us to do more things with them.
0: And so in your role with the French government and you also was the Assistant Director for Corporate Partnership Development in INSEAD and then to your current role in 500 Startups, what are the interesting career lessons you have learned so far?
1: I've learned that storytelling is very important when you talk about your resume and when people will see my resume is like, oh, you work for the French government, then you work for a business school and now you work for VC. Like, this looks weird because there's, like, no link between all those kind of careers from government to education to PEVC slash finance industry. The thing is, the common point between all my experiences about spending time with, like, startup, entrepreneurs, SMEs, and tech. And the thing is, when you start to mention, like, this is a common point between all your experience and you just have those experiences with different angles, then it's becoming more clear for people. So you just about... The story you, you share and it need to be very simple. As soon as it's simple,
0: people understand and, and they're able also to remember what, what you say. And I think you have also been an angel investor in the Singapore ecosystem. Can you share your thoughts on some of the startups you have invested? I know you invested in hillint Int and Garuda Robotics.
1: Yeah, So it was not something I wasn't really like, looking to do I mean in time of angel investment So because at one point you spend so much time with entrepreneurs By like, supporting them that, that one day you have people also asking you Like hey by the way you, you are very helpful But do you want to invest in, uh, in the company And sometimes it's also for them a way to manage to lock you For a little bit long term And be sure you are a bit more committed about supporting them because you have a financial interests in uh, in the company now. So the thing is, basically, Elint, uh, the company was funded by three inside alum. I spent time with them when I was working at Inside, and then you support them, you spend time with them, and then um, until the point, this the discussion moved to, oh, do you want to be more involved? And it's a way to be more involved with them. It's already it works basically. All it happened for most of the time. It's not literally like checking pitch or any other those kind of thing it's more about spending time with with entrepreneurs and then when i met elint it was like very different compared to what they're doing now it was my first angel investment and it was almost two years ago when we check now what they're doing is absolutely different so especially when you do very early angel investment it's, it's interesting to know like what the company is doing but it's a lot about the team about do you feel is the right team to do things in this field and then you, ma- you make a huge bet
0: and how about garuda robotics it's um, a drone delivery company right
1: yeah they're in a drone space so I mean both companies are still quite young like around like two years old each so the thing is still a huge bet too right so Garuda is spending a lot of projects now around like huge field of uh, palm tree for example and all this kind of thing looking also a bit on oil and gas So this kind of the thing that they're doing now with, with drones then it's very regulated industry too and it really takes time to build something there so both are still very early since I did the investment that Alien I raised a significant round of funding since so it's good to see that that people are... As soon as you see, like, VC who invest after you, after you have done something, and engine investment is good validation, but you are still early in the journey, still the beginning, and it's difficult some... I mean, I did also a third investment, and sometimes you think about, oh, maybe this one is the best one ever I did, and then six months later, it's maybe... Oh, maybe this one is not... Maybe not, not some... It's a different one is the best one now, so... It really takes time So we'll see For me it's not necessarily A question about return Or this kind of thing When I did that It was also, also a way To support them And try uh, try to help them To succeed Typically what do you find Important traits To a founder
0: You have invested in
1: So for angel investments That I do like personally I think it's a fit. So it's also Because you spend time With them So you need, you need to think About someone With who you want To spend time to You need To believe on the guy that is kind of cockroach right like someone like he can he can survive with almost nothing and he can He can also get the shit done quickly. So basically Sometimes you can use like a lot of different indicators. If you send an email to the guy and you take him, take him like week to reply, it's like maybe not the guy you, you want to work with. So then you look after some other stuff. Is it someone who also work on the company on the weekend or is more working like from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and that it's five days a week. So it's like few free indicators. You, you see like how the, how the guy is really passionate about solving this kind of problem and about the skills that he have. I'm thinking about if he can also hire other people with the very good skills to tackle this kind of problem with them. So I mean, it's like a lot of different things. But in a way, it's it's kind of the waiting. is really need to be sure about that it's a good match and you think the person can really do it. And it's really because it's so early, then it's really about believing that they they can do something on this pace.
0: The reason why I got you here is because I want to talk about a recent report you published with the hashtag 500 Corporations. How do the world's biggest companies deal with the startup revolution? There is, of course, your work together with Professor Sergei who who is also on my show previously. What is the intention of this report and who is the intended target audience?
1: What we found is there is a lot of corporation engaging with startup. But the thing is, we didn't find really like a lot of information about what is really happening now. We found some report looking about the top 100 corporation or report looking about corporate venture arm. But we found that we should look after the biggest sample of companies. So it's why we look after the 500 biggest public company. And it's why also for all of them, we look after seven different criteria. We, for us, meaning that they're really engaging with startups.
0: What are the examples of some of these 500 major corporations that you have? So you have, like, any
1: kind of company at the end in this sample. So you have company, like, from beverage. So you can find, like, Panorica or Coca-Cola. But you also find, like, airlines companies. And you also find, like, company like Boeing. You can also find, like, food company. So, for example, in Singapore, for example, Walden
0: International. So it's, like, from mining to banking to tech. Who is the target audience? Is it just for corporations or is it from startups who wanted to work with corporations as well?
1: The main audience is mostly corporates. It's, it's more about like how corporations can engage with startup and what they can do. But of course, because if you're an entrepreneur and you see what sa- corporates can do and how they can do it, you can also find a way for you to engage with them and work with them.
0: How do corporations engage startups and what are the eight ways which you have discussed in your report? So we
1: found that um, after looking after those 500 companies and we also saw a lot of other companies were an entry in the ranking different way you can work with a startup, and all of those things are also depending on what is your time frame in terms of when you want to get some results and also it's also a question about costs that it could be very different between all of them and also depending if you are more or less willing to take risk so then it's based on that you can decide on, on some of the best way to do it So one of the way to do it is through events. So there's a lot of corporation running events. It could be conference or it could be an hackathon or it could be just you sponsor an event. So this is one of the the way to do it. Some other company offering like support services. So this is more about you have like people in your company having marketing skills or sales skills or financial skills. And you can offer this kind of mentoring to startups. And even if like banks or LVMH, LVMH is offering some some support and, and through mentoring to entrepreneurs. So this kind of interesting way to do it. Then you have like startup program. Good example is like BizSpark from Microsoft. So basically, you offer some product from the company. So for example, like cloud computing or Visual Studio and other things that your company is building for free to the startup for let's like BizSpark is for three years. But on top of that, you also offer support. So you offer like business or technical support to those startups. Then you have like co-working spaces. So this is not so much used but you have some company like Johnson & Johnson offering co spaces but they not offer only desk and chairs. They will offer most of time like mentoring when they do co-working spaces but for example the interesting value position of Johnson & Johnson On the G-Labs, that they are also offering some specific facilities that you need if you do something in like close to the industry. Then you have a lot of accelerators and incubators. So this is a lot of them. It's not the main way that corporate used to interact with startups. But I found when I'm doing my research, in general, more than 130 corporate accelerators.
0: I know Samsung has some of them in Silicon Valley.
1: Yes, but the thing is, I just say like 130 corporate having at least one. You have corporation having... 10 of them and this was not looking about doing an exhaustive research but it's it's really massive it's it's working a lot of corporations are doing that then a spin-off is also a way that you can encourage spin-off sometimes there's some corporation is more about hey you have an idea just do your own stuff i give you a little bit of cash and see how it works and one of the companies who have done a lot of kind of spin-off in this way is cisco they have a group of uh, entrepreneurs who have been in and out of the company several times it was quite interesting what what was happening? Uh, investment is also another way for for corporation to engage with startup, especially through like venture arms. So this is definitely the number one choice for corporation to engage with startups. And but do they
0: really work? I mean, corporate venture capital, the interests are very aligned and misaligned at the same time. Sometimes the startups is actually disrupting them, and sometimes they are actually investing in a space that they do not know about. How do you survey that? I mean, is the, the main
1: reason of this research is mostly about what corporation can do. If you check about the ROI, it's very difficult to know because most of the corporation will find a different way to assess it, and then they don't necessarily want to publish these kind of details. So in terms of investment, if you take example about Intel Capital, it's doing pretty well. So it really depends also how you run this kind of thing and how it's doing it. Google Ventures is also doing pretty well so far. I mean, they don't have the track record of Intel because it's way younger than Intel Capital. But it looks like a very promising too, right? So it really depends how you do it. So the thing is like, this is a good way, one of the good ways to engage with startup. But then there's a lot of different ways to do it. So we also describe a lot of different ways you can, you can do a investment. And the last one is a lot about m and So a lot of cooperation of m and So basically, when you use like one of these eight different tools, you position your company between R&D and M&A, especially depending on which stage you're involved, your engagement is with uh, the
0: startups. So you have events support services, startup programs, co-working space, mergers and acquisitions, investments, spin-offs and accelerators and incubators. In Asia specifically, any interesting examples?
1: So for example, in Asia, there's an interesting model with uh, Telstra. So this is an Australian telecom company. They have built a, one accelerator in Australia, and, and they have set up one recently in Singapore. What I find interesting is also sometimes on very small details. It's like, how do you run the accelerator? Because the challenge, if you run a corporate accelerator, sometimes it's like, who will run this? Should be someone from the corporate who know the corporation very well, who can link the entrepreneur pretty well with the corporation. Or should be an entrepreneur But is it easy To find an entrepreneur And asking him Do you want to get A corporate job For like the next 5 to 10 years And working with a corporation That maybe you don't know How the corporation works Right So what, what Telstra did in, in in Singapore They bring like Two people for, for doing that So they bring Jamie Who have been like For Telstra for a while m- Mostly like doing Strategic partnership Who is the perfect person To link like Everyone from the exterior With anyone in a corporate So it's, a, it's one being there To helping them to navigate And then they bring Joey Who is an entrepreneur Former entrepreneur Who have done an exit With a perfect Person to facing the entrepreneurs and uh, helping them on the on their journey and recruit them. So this is an interesting way that all they run it is like they run it in Singapore with like two people and this is an interesting way to do it. But what we found just to go a little bit further and accelerate is like we found like some corporation like Microsoft, Orange, and vera was a telecom company from I mean Vera was part of Telefonica, so a telecom company in uh, in Europe. All of them are running like close to six to at least 10 accelerators. So you have some corporation you are running like one or two that are running like 10 accelerators worldwide. So they're really building a huge network. And the interesting fact about Iran is like, they did a partnership with Dutch Telecom. So it's like two telecom companies to do a partnership. Now most of the time when you see partnership, it's more like vertical integration. So it's more you do a partnership with someone who's not your competitor. It's more like your supplier or your customer. But here's like, they do partnership with their well, the competitors. It's quite interesting how they did it. In Asia, we also saw like DBS doing a lot. So they're doing a pre accelerator they're doing accelerators, they're doing Akaton, they're also uh, looking to, involve a lot the the staff with everything they're doing. So this is going to see how they do it. It's very impressive that they did all the things they did in the last four years. Another trend also, we saw a lot
0: of corporate accelerator in the region happening now. So you have the corporate accelerators. For example, like DBS, I think they have footprint in Singapore and Hong Kong as well. You also have, for example, the very big companies in China. For example, Baidu has a research lab in Silicon Valley. Toyota has a also now an accelerator in Silicon Valley, which is Asia companies that are now putting accelerators in Silicon Valley and other parts of the world. Coming back. What are the key essential findings of the report? So
1: we found like few things were really surprising for us. We were expecting that, we didn't expect that 51.7% of the corporation are working with startups. So we look after like seven criteria. So it's not exactly the same eight ways that we described at the beginning. So we look after seven criteria, meaning that, this really means that the corporate are engaging so far, with startups. So for example, if a corporation is just sponsoring an event, we don't consider that as really like working with startup. So we look after like who is having a corporate venture arm, who is having an accelerator, who is having a startup program, who is offering business support, technical support, co-working space, or are running a startup competition. So then when we look after those seven criteria, what we found is 51.7% of those corporate are doing at least one of those criteria. And then what is interesting is we saw a huge difference between the top 100 of those companies and the bottom 100. company ranked between the first place of the 100 place is 68 percent of them were working with startup with at least one of those criteria when we look about the bottom 100 so company ranked between like 400 one to 500 is only 32 percent of them so we saw that the top 100 is working two times more than the bottom 100 of those fortune 500 but it was something we didn't expect that having a such a huge gap between between the engagement of, of those companies what we found also interesting is the difference between the countries so we found the top five countries only one is not in europe and it's Japan. So the top five is like France, UK, Germany, Switzerland, and Japan. So we're expecting to have US in the top five, right? Everyone will expect, okay, US should be a top five. So the thing is, there's some difference is that if you look after US, it's, the sample was around like 180 companies. So definitely bigger than France or Japan, right? We're more about like 25 and 45. But the thing is, when we check the number for the US is around like 45% of the company in the
0: US were engaging with startups which is below the average of the four global 500 companies we're looking for. But that's because in the United States, there are already a Silicon Valley, there is New York, there is Dallas, you know, a, a lot of new startup hotspots. And I think the economy wasn't doing very well in the last couple of years, where they are actually reset from the 2008 crisis. So is it also because of cultural attitudes as well? Like most US companies tend to be, they start from ground and then they go, grow up into a big company?
1: I think the one of the reasons is because we were, everyone know that Microsoft is doing a lot, everyone knows that Google is doing a lot, because those two companies are covering, like, from early stage to late stage. I mean, Google is very close to Startup Weekend, Microsoft is very close to Lean Startup Machine, so it is more about the ideation stage. And then you have, like, each stage covered from the, almost, the like Accelerator, then and Venture Arm. Go- Google don't have Accelerator, but it's more like Google Compass and other things, building the communities, they have a lot of partners for Accelerators, etc., up to the investment and late stage investment to M&A, right? So they're just covering every stage. So there's a like huge number of touching points that you can get as a startup with those corporations. But then the thing is like few of those large corporations are very visible but then most of the company in the US are not doing out of the 180 that we'll look after. Most of them are not doing stuff with, with startups. So this was quite interesting to see like Oh, we were thinking about US would be top, but they're mm. not so well-ranked.
0: So the majority of the unicorns, that means comp- startups with a billion-dollar valuation, mentioned by Wall Street Journal, under this code called Billion-Dollar Startups Club, they have at least raised from one corporation. Yes. So how did that data point came about?
1: So the thing is, we, because we, are, we were looking a lot about all those large corporations are working with startup, but the idea was when we looked, it was like, oh, let's try to check from the other side. Like, let's check like a sample of company. Let's check... Company raised a lot of money. So let's see, like all those unicorns. So like at this time, it was like close to 130 of them. And then we look after all of them to see from who they raise money. And then we found that 61.7% of them are raised from at least one corporate. And we didn't include any bank or finance company, even if they have a venture arm. We want to be sure it's not like for... Because you can think also like as a venture arm could be a startup program for banks. It's just like, I give you a little bit of money as a investment because then I will do the... Maybe the M&A or the IPO later, Right. So we, we don't want to have like this kind of link. It's just like doing really investment. And the thing is, what we found is a lot of them have raised money from corporate. And we found like some interesting stuff. For example, DocuSign, they raised one round only with corporate. There's no VC in the round, only corporate. We found that some company have raised from... Uh, so if you think about, for example, Stripe, they raised from American Express and Mastercard. So some, some people that you can consider as a competitor.
0: So it's quite interesting. What would be a situation like, for example, in India, Ola Caps... They are funded by SoftBank. So, does that consider corporate or considered venture capital?
1: Uh, SoftBank will be considered as a corporate because the money is coming from SoftBank. It's coming from the balance sheet of SoftBank.
0: I see. So, that's how you actually distinguish yeah. between corporate and venture capital.
1: Yes. Because also it's, it's slightly different. Like if you have venture capital, most of your fund will be for ten years, and you raised from LPs. Where a lot of corporate fund will be only the only LP will be will be the corporation. But then you also depend. We also describe in the in the report there is sometimes three to five corporation together to build a fund, or you also have like corporation like for example Mitsubishi, where a lot of LP are different like subsidiary of Mitsubishi, but they also open this corporate fund to other lps which are most of them also like corporation anyway
0: what are the kind of recommendations that you would give to corporations when they want to deepen their engagement with startups
1: one of the thing is they really need to talk to a large pool of startups so recommend them to be really involved with a lot of them and and it's it's, you have a kind of network effect too so you need to to talk to a lot of startup to, to be sure to find the right one but also before that is what you need to be clear for the corporation is like first like which challenge they are facing what are the main challenges they are facing now? And then based on that is like, oh, so this is a challenge you are facing. So then what is the best thing you can do with startup to try to solve these challenges? And I, and I found that sometimes some corporation could go a little bit too fast. And it's like, oh, we think a corporate accelerator would be a good idea. But OK, but which kind of problem are you trying to solve? And then how many startups do you need to bring in this accelerator? And how many locations do you need to have an accelerator? And all this kind of thing. And, and sometimes it could be just like, oh, it looks a good idea. Let's do it. But an exterior will maybe take 5-10 years for you to get some good results out of an exterior. So also take a lot of time. So if you want results in the next two years, an exterior will be not the best solution. And if you want results maybe in the next two years, maybe the best solution may be M&A. would be acquisition of company because you already have company running and, and things doing pretty well. And they already have found the market fit and all this kind of thing. If you're willing to wait a lot of time and you you make a bet for the future, maybe, yeah, maybe an extra could be good. But then you need also to think about what is the cost per, per startup you will engage. So the thing is, you have a lot of other solutions. You can really start very small. So if you just start by running events and this kind of thing, it doesn't cost so much. It's quite lean and, and you can go like step by step. So the thing is really like, You can really start small and and then based on that, you you find the right partner also, team up, and then basically you just then decide to do more with startups. But it's really like a long-term relationship with them too. The thing also, one of the challenges that that corporate can face is like startups go just very fast. They're not not going on the same speed than corporate. So the thing is like when in a corporation, when you need to do something, then maybe you need to get approval, you need to to do some paper and all this kind of thing, right? Where a startup, the entrepreneur can decide, okay, I'm doing it, done just took like the time to say it right and then it will be some frustration out of the entrepreneur because it will be hey why i'm waiting like one week two weeks three weeks to get an answer for something like i just decided it should be done right so it's just going at a very different speed. so this
0: could be one of the challenges that, that, that they can both can face one of the interesting things that you did in this report was you did an industry breakdown of the forbes global 500 and you actually look at how these forbes global 500 companies actually engage startups and how do they do using your the eight different channels that you talk about? Can you elaborate a little bit more about the data that you found and some of the interesting findings? So
1: we found um, some difference between the countries and between the, the industries about how people are engaging on uh, with startups. So what we find interesting is, for example, if you look about, let's say, Pharma, who's like one of the top five in terms of engagement with startups, is like 16 out of 17 companies were working on uh, with startups. And then this includes company like... Novartis or Roche, for example. But what is interesting is like the favorite way for pharma company to work with startup is through venture arms. Because out of those 17 companies, 13 of them have a venture arm. So this is definitely the best way for them based on what we saw is already happening to engage with, with startup. But also what's interesting is like only two other are offering like startup competition or, and, and only one is doing an accelerator and incubator. So it's like almost all of them are doing that But also they're not doing anything else. So this is quite an interesting thing. They're very focused on venture arm.
0: And it's quite interesting thing is like, this is the bit how Japan works too. Japan is mostly doing through venture arm. Japanese company. Which is interesting because in pharmaceuticals, there is no disruptors in the last 20 years. It's always the big four pharmaceuticals. Something that I learned when I was in the biotech industry earlier in my career where you can't find a Google or Microsoft in that, that's because most of the startups actually get acquired by coming out with a new drug. If you look at the existing pharmaceutical companies, you actually don't see them producing new drugs. They're actually doing it by acquisition. What about other industries?
1: So telecom was an obvious one. For for example, we we'll maybe bet more on telecom, I'd be number one and maybe pharma, but telecom is also interesting. Is we have like 23 out of 27 of those corporations are working with startup, And then it's also the same kind of ranking in a way. It's like Venture Arm is the number one. 19 of them have Venture Arm. But then number two is accelerators. And this is very interesting because we saw a lot of them having an accelerator. But the most important thing about telecom, which is the opposite of pharma in a way, is like almost all of them use two different channels out of the seven to engage. So the thing is, they don't use one, but two different ways most of them to engage. So this is that very tight relationship with, with the startup. And this is close to what company based in France are doing. France is also the the country where they're also using a a lot of different channels. Corporations are using a lot of different channels to to talk to to startups, to engage with them.
0: I thought the three most interesting telcos that always engage with startups would be SoftBank, SK Telecom and Singtel. In Asia.
1: Oh of course, yeah, for Asia. And then if you look about Europe it will be more like Telefonica, Telenor Orange are among the top one in terms of different things they are doing
0: with startup. Of the top five talk about pharmaceuticals and telecommunications. What are the other three then? So
1: banks. the banks are doing a lot also in in terms of engagement with startup. So in Asia we already mentioned like DBS, which is uh, one of the main ones, but you also have like Mitsubishi uh, financials. We're doing uh, things with startup and you have also the state bank of india for example who are also en- engaging with startup what is interesting is like most of them use startup program they don't use venture arm so it's mostly offering like discount or free bank account for the for the startup which is a nice way because it doesn't cost you so much like to just offer like a bank account to a corporate uh to a startup i mean and then you just if the business is growing then after a few years maybe you charge them but if you're using a bank for already a while you, you're pretty sure you will don't you will don't move to another bank so this is the beauty of the startup program. It's like if an industry where the churn is quite low, offering something for free for a few years is a pretty good investment in the long term. Mm. So this is what what basically like regional bank are doing most of the time.
0: I thought that one interesting story that came out from your report was the example of Coca-Cola and Spotify.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, interesting because when you think about Coca-Cola doing an investment in Spotify, it's like, okay, why a beverage company will invest like in a music streaming platform, right? But then when you think about who are the customers of Coca-Cola? They have a lot of young people. Who are the customers of Spotify? A lot of young people too, right? Then when you think about, on the Coca-Cola side, what Coca-Cola wants to provide. They want to have people to have a good time. They want to enjoy, right? But then, what could be a good bundle was like drinking a Coke? It's like, oh, maybe listening is your favorite song, right? So this could be a good thing. Like, you just one free song, you get a can of Coke and you listen a free song. So it's a good bundle, right? And then for Spotify, it's like, what could be the best way for you to reach out to almost everyone in the world? Is to have Coca-Cola. Because Coca-Cola sells product everywhere in the world except only two countries. Which two? So it's uh, North Korea and Cuba. But maybe it's selling soon in Cuba, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe only one One soon. country. Yes. So basically then when you think about how much it costs Coca-Cola to just print something on a can, let's say a QR code or something else, to just allow people to download that one thing, one song for free, on spotify it's very easy and then you can distribute that like worldwide everywhere like coca cola have more trucks to do the delivery than ups fedex and dhl together so if you think about new business and all this kind of thing who could disrupt maybe ups and all this kind of guy may be coca cola because they already have the trucks and the network in a way if you, if you think in a slightly different way so it's quite interesting to see how it could be done and the thing is when you think about music and streaming, it's like the one also doing pretty well is Apple, but it's not with a startup. It's just because they leverage the fact that they have, they have a lot of customers and a, and everyone have a... I mean, a lot of people have an iPhone on their pocket already. Everyone having an iPhone almost have used iTunes, so it just made Apple having the biggest number of credit cards, more than anyone else. So you already pay, you already use a phone, you can use music on it. So, I mean, you don't... Sometimes corporate can be like very afraid about startup and being disturbed by them, but sometimes also like corporate like Apple, if you think about what is your advantage and your unfair advantage and all this kind of thing, you can find also a amazing way to, to do new stuff.
0: Mm. Well, thanks for sharing the insights for this 500 corporations report. And I think that is probably very interesting to get corporations to think about how to engage startups. And I think through this report, you are probably going to branch out into doing much more deeper analysis on that. So coming always to the last question, how do, we, how do my audience find you?
1: I will say the easiest way to find me is you can just drop me an email. Um, so it's just my first name, A-R-N-A-U-D at 500startups.com. Um, easiest way to reach out.
0: And you can find me at blyungcw at Subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E, Asia. You can find us in iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and a And please drop us feedback. And once again, not. thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Bernard.